Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bring, bring it back. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we will be continuing our Euro 2016 coverage with Dylan Arvela today, rejoining us to talk about Portugal. If you'd like to find him, you can do so at the Box to Box podcast or TBTB podcast uh, on Twitter. I think that's right. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that's that's all. That's, <laughs> that's the one. All right. Uh, well, obviously, the Portugal Poland match maybe didn't live up to the hype or to what it seemed it would be after the first thirty or so minutes. Ronaldo Sanchez scoring an incredible goal. Uh, what was your what, what was your main takeaway from this match? Yeah. So I actually had one of my friends said it was the tournament of the match, but I think he might have been taking the Mickey out of me <laughs> a bit there. Um, I don't know if there was too much hype going into the game other than maybe Ronaldo versus Lewandowski because it seemed a match between two teams that were pretty set up to be solid at the back. Um, I'll start with the team news. Pretty much I got what I wished with Renato Sanchez coming in for Andre Gomez who has seemed to sustain the injury which we'll probably see him out for the tournament. Uh, Fonte kept his spot over Ricardo Cavallo which I hope is a permanent move. Um, Guerrero, he's been struggling with an injury, the left back, so LSA who came in there, and Martinho, uh, he still didn't get the start with Adrian Silva keeping his spot in the middle. Um, leading up to the match, I was pretty confident. Uh, I believe that I picked a 1-0 in our, in our last conversation, but waking up at about 4am before the game in Australia, I was a lot more nervous um, and obviously 90 seconds in, I felt quite physically sick as a nearly unmarked Lewandowski scored his first goal of the tournament. Portugal, um, for the most part, other than the Hungary game, have defended fairly well. And against Croatia, they, they were quite good. But the big problem that remains from the group stage was the elementary errors have really led to Portugal conceding their goals. This time, the Southampton uh, right-back, Cedric, he failed to read a simple crossfield ball. Instead, he, instead of maybe jockeying the defender and just staying out of it um, until the... Uh, until the... Uh, who did reverse? Until the... <laughs> Oh, the uh... until until the Poland play got the ball, he could have just jockeyed him. Jockeyed him instead, he overran it, missed the ball, and um, yeah, and basically across in the box from Grasicki. And instead of anyone being touched tight to the best strike in the world, he was managed to finish past Real Patricio one nil. And yeah, that was not a good start. Um, for most of the opening half hour, Poland were probably the better team. 
Um, there was a nice play between Grosicki, Lewandowski, Milik, and Kriokoviak, and that link-up nearly worked a pretty nice goal. On the half hour, though, a ball was whipped in the box, and Pazdan, the Polish centre-back, who's apparently had a pretty good tournament, like I said in the last show, I haven't watched Poland yet, um, up until this game. He barged over Ronaldo, which, for me, every commentator... Uh, every pundit was a, a clear penalty, no questions asked, wasn't given. At that point, I was thinking that perhaps it probably wasn't going to be our day, and that's probably because generally I'm a negative supporter when it comes to my teams. Uh, but only a few minutes later, an 18-year-old stood up and took the tournament by the scruff of its neck. Obviously, I'm talking about Renato Sanchez, who linked up with Nani for a 1-2 where Nani put in a delightful back heel and Sanchez struck from outside of the box. Uh, yes, it took a deflection, but the whole play was based around Sanchez's willingness to drive at the Polish defence. He's 18, and as I'm more than willing to say, and I've said it on here a number of times, he probably he has the ability to be the best in the world very soon. Um, and the rest of the game from that point, uh, the main story really was the f- Ronaldo fluffing his lines in front of goals. Obviously, I've defended him on plenty of occasions, and I do feel he should be award have been awarded a few more fouls than he did get. Um, but he just seems to be a player lacking confidence. Cristiano Ronaldo, maybe the ma- most flamboyant athlete in the world, is at the moment short on confidence. He had he had he probably had five five or six chances, but he only had one shot on target. And I'm, uh, yeah, the stat was five five shots, and I don't know if that includes an, another air swing like he did in the group stage. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's karma or luck, um, but he just wasn't able to deliver. And also, uh, <laughs> touching on his free kicks, um, if he misses a goal, then fair enough. But it's it's so frustrating when he lines it up and he can't even get it past the wall um, because that just seems to mean that he's not training to take these free kicks enough because that's that's the first thing. That's obviously the first objective is free kick to get it over and past the wall. Um, Fernando Santos, the manager, made some fairly stock standard swaps. Matinho on for Silva after 70. I'm pretty sure Matinho was the one who supplied Ronaldo with the dink that he air-swinged at. Uh, Ten to go, Koreshima came on for Joel Mario. And in extra time, Danilo came on for William Cavallo, who played a really good match in terms of sitting in front of the back four and recycling possession. And his 90% pass accuracy is testament to that. His passing stats aren't everything, but a player in his position... Um, just to be able to recycle the ball and not give it away is very important. Unfortunately, he picked up a yellow card, which means he will miss the semi uh, with Danilo the most likely to replace him, who is fine, but I don't feel he is as technically capable as Carvalho. Um, so moving on to the good bit, the penalty shootout. Uh just but before I get into that, I do feel over the 120 minutes, Portugal probably were the better team. Uh, I hope I'm not being too biased with that because when Portugal <laughs> don't play bad, I feel that I do give them the stick that they deserve. Um, first penalty, Ronaldo, which is interesting. In the 2012 semi against Spain, he was down at five and ultimately he didn't get to take his 
uh, because we missed two, I believe. So, yeah, didn't get to take his. And he was also the fifth penalty take for Real Madrid in the uh, Champions League this year. Um, and obviously he missed against Austria. Uh, but this time, tucked it away. Good on him. Sanchez took the next one for Portugal, which, you know, is a tremendous sign of character. Once again, he's 18, and he managed to place it into the top corner with power and precision. Uh, 18, um, immense bottle for mine. Uh, Matinho next, he missed against Spain in 2012. He slotted away. Then Nani, he scored in 2012. And then Rui Patricio with an incredible, incredibly strong hand to deny Blaszczykowski. Um I'm often critical of Patricio for probably not fulfilling his potential because um, I feel he could have went to, say, a top top team in Serie A, uh, La Liga or something like that. He's still in at Sporting Lisbon. He's about 25, still has time to um, develop as a goalkeeper, obviously, but in the shootout, made the crucial save, and he deserves credit for that. Then Kreisma stood up for the penalty with the chance to put Portugal into the semi-final, and he delivered. I mentioned last time how it's good to see him finally, finally delivering for Portugal, and I just want to repeat that. One assist, the goal that won our round of 16 match against Croatia, the winning penalty here. He has had a really mixed career. He's been at Barcelona, Chelsea, uh, um, Inter Milan, Al Ali, uh, but he seems to have sort of settled down after a good season at Porto and then last season at Basicitas. Most people um, thought he was going to be the the big cheese out of him and Ronaldo, but obviously that didn't, didn't happen. But at 32, it's heartening to see that he still has the talent to light up Portugal's, um, which has been to this stage, a fairly rocky Euro campaign. And yeah, with that penalty... Portugal got through to a semi-final against the Welsh, who had an impressive 3-1 win mm. over Belgium this morning. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. What I want to touch on next is this very weird narrative that's being propagated at the moment, which is that Portugal haven't won a match yet at this tournament. Uh, this is now two knockout wins that you've not... Just wh- why do you think that that's being circulated so heavily? Um... <sighs> I think a lot of um, pundits and commentators and people looking at the game, they can. I think there's a lot going to do with Ronaldo in the sense that a lot of people don't really want to see him do well, but basically because of his attitude. Um, so that reflects sort of badly in Portugal, and because they're not the most exciting team to watch, um, people aren't, can't really sort of get behind them. So say if it was maybe. 3-3 in normal time and went to extra time and they won and they were scoring all these goals, then it might be, a, they'd probably be bringing it up, but they're probably um, not saying it as more, they'll be saying it in a less um, negative fashion. Um, but I feel that's the problem with the current format. I, I did say that after the group stage, they didn't deserve to get out. I've said that that three draws shouldn't be enough to get you through the group stage. And Portugal were lucky in that sense, um, especially considering their group. Obviously, Iceland have played quite above themselves. Or, well, maybe I'm doing a disservice to them. And obviously, Hungary um, played well in the group stage, but they're not that talented um, as individuals in Austria underperform. So not to get a win there is really 
a sign that Portugal shouldn't be where they are now, but um, they are. And in the in the um, knockout stages, the argument that oh you didn't win in ninety minutes, I think is irrelevant because basically the rules of knockout football state that um, there will be a winner, and regardless of whether that's in ninety. 120 as if it was, as the Croatia game was or after a shootout that's basically all that matters so just to reiterate they Portugal don't deserve didn't deserve to get through their group I completely I agree with that but in the knockout stage um that's that's how you there is no draws in um knockout football just a winner and a loser and uh Portugal have done enough to to win their two knockout games. Yeah, and for those that don't know what we're talking about, the narrative being that they haven't won in regular time. But if you have to say a stat like Portugal haven't won in regular time, then that means that they have still won. Uh, exactly. So just thought that was worth uh, bringing up. In this match, who impressed and disappointed you? Um, well, I think you know who <laughs> impressed me the most. Uh, it's a young 18-year-old by the name of Renato Sanchez. Who's that? Is, is he going to be really good in a couple of years? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I have said that on occasions he may be the best player in the world. Um, I think on the Guardian podcast last yesterday's episode, one of the players, one of the pundits on there was saying that it will be very interesting seeing the Pogba Renato Sanchez rivalry um, down the years, which I I really agree with. But in this in this game, he he owned it. He was he was phenomenal. Um, just some numbers: ninety six touches, which was the most for any Portuguese player. Ninety four percent pass accuracy, which was the most in the game. He had seven take ons, most in the game. Three tackles, three interceptions. The goal, his drive to link up with Nani and the characters to take the shot on. He just he wants to be involved, and for him to take the second penalty in a quarterfinal of the European Championship, this guy is the real deal. The only thing, um, and this isn't just in this game, that he needs to ease up on is some stupid fouls that will eventually lead to him picking up unnecessary yellows, which, as we have seen, have uh, led to people being suspended throughout this uh, uh, championship. And he, uh, just for example, when he loses the ball, but the player is, isn't really a threat, he just sort of, because he's so eager to get the ball, he just pushes them over, which, you know, he, he just needs to sort of um, just jockey them. Um, but he was exceptional in this game. And a few other people, Pepe, he was also great. He's been really solid despite a lot of people keep saying <laughs> saying that he's a bit of a loose cannon, including me. At times, but in this game, six interceptions, three clearances, he blocked three shots, uh, two tackles, and um... as a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why, if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. 
LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, with Pepe, there is also kind of this narrative that all he does is get red cards. And there was that stat that he didn't do it for like three years and he gets one. Uh, towards the end of the year for Real Madrid. Wh- which which of that is really closer to the truth, either that he fouls too much or that he doesn't? Um, I don't think he fouls too much. I feel that when he does get red cards, it's for reckless play. He did get a reckless red card against Germany in the opening game of the 2014 World Cup. Um, but... My feeling is he wouldn't have been at Real Madrid as long as he has been if he wasn't, if that was really an issue. Um, and also, I have a feeling that with Fonte, he sort of feels more of a responsibility to um, maybe be more level headed and more uh, focused. Um, but the red cards that he has gotten are normally quite reckless. And he's also got the reputation that's hard to, um, hard to sort of get rid of that he play acts, which is a problem sort of similar to the way that Sergio Busquets, the Spain and Barcelona midfielder, he developed that reputation. So I think that's the, that's, that's the way he's sort of viewed. All right, so uh, now that I've wholly uh, distracted you from the actual topic, who was it that disappointed? Um, oh, just a couple a couple more players that impressed because I, mm. I was quite happy. Uh, Patricio, he made the save in the shootout. He also made a really good save uh, a couple of minutes to go in extra time. Kroosmos was stepping up. Nani with the link up on the goal. Nani, he's been playing out position all tournament, but he hasn't looked like a player playing out of position. He hasn't been... Great, but he hasn't looked like he's not a striker, if you get what I'm saying there. Uh, and Cavallo for helping Sanchez control the midfield. And even Cedric, he was a mistake. He made the mistake that led to the goal, but he didn't let, let that sort of get to his head, which is good to see. Um, disappointed, though. Uh, well, it's Ronaldo. That, that was his worst game of the Euros. There's no two ways about that. He just kept missing the target, which... You know, that's his job is to get it on target. I don't want to talk about it too much, and I'll pretty much leave it there because he's already getting pummeled by most of the mainstream media and on Twitter, et cetera, and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need to pile on. You guys get it. Um, all right, as you mentioned, we do know who your opponent is. It is a Welsh side uh, that has continued to surprise for some. I'm not particularly stunned. 
uh, considering Belgium. <laughs> I think we were talking about, I don't know if it was on or off air, uh, that Belgium had exactly a 50-50 chance because it was, were they going to show up or not? Uh, and then they kind of didn't. Uh, one side note of that Welsh win, it could have been a winning a battle, losing a war situation as uh, both Ben Davis and Aaron Ramsey will miss out due to what I think most people would agree is a silly yellow card rule. Where if you get two yellows in five matches, uh, you still get suspended, not taking into account an extra round of the tournament. But mm. that is what it is. What are your thoughts as you head into that match? Um. So yeah, I'll touch on the suspensions in a minute for the uh, the belt, the Welsh side. Sorry, um, but after the Portugal game, there was a lot of discussion from fans about who they sort of wanted to face in the semi because obviously it was the day earlier. One of the Portugal's big broadcasters, I think it was RTP, they had a Twitter poll asking that question: "Who did you want to verse?" and it actually ended up with 82% saying Wales. Um, and to be honest, I'm not sure why, because for me, Wales are an extremely harder team to beat than Belgium, who have only really looked good against a shambolic Republic of Ireland and a hungry side that were set up to attack without the defenders to sort of stop a individually good attacking side in Hazard, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Romelu Lukaku, um, etc. I said after the group stage when we nearly when we were nearly set to verse Belgium in the round of sixteen instead of a Croatia that we got we got really lucky that um, Croatia didn't show up because I would rather verse Belgium. Belgium aren't very good. Um, and Lukaku I thought uh, Jordan Lukaku he came in today he was he wasn't very impressive, um, to be honest. So, and obviously the injuries to Vermaelen and Jan Vertonghen, um, the fact that only 18% wanted to verse Belgium, I don't know what, because obviously I definitely wanted to verse Belgium because they, they've got so many issues. And we were just lucky in that Croatia game that Croatia were pretty poor because I would have definitely taken Belgium over Croatia. Um, but anyway, Portugal v Wales, obviously the media has already picked up on Bale versus Ronaldo. And I feel that it ends up if it ends up being a clash of Bale versus Ronaldo, it'll probably end up with Bale over Ronaldo. As Ronaldo already seems to be struggling with the pre- with with pressure on him from the media, from inside Portugal, from himself probably, um, and also a seeming lack of confidence. I think other than Portugal, Wales is probably the only team that I've seen every game of so far in this tournament. I actually saw him in qualifiers a few a few times, and they've actually been really good in this Euros, but which is different from the qualifiers because I actually thought they were quite boring um, and just were there to counterattack. And obviously, there was that game against Andorra where they 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 don't really offer much in it, in attack, but now. In this Euros, they've got 10 goals in five games, which might be the best return of the tournament. I, I'm i not too sure of that. Um, Germany could be up with their Belgium with the four goals and three goals against Ireland, maybe. Um, at the back as well, only three goals against. One was a bomb from Ningalan this morning, um, and there were the two uh, poor, poor goals 
to concede in the second half against England. Um, but like you said, they'll be out without Davies and Ramsey, who are huge for them. Um, Ramsey, for me, has been their best player of the tournament. Collins will probably come in for Davies. Um, I was saying off air before to you, Kevin, how I think Collins is probably a better defender than Davies. Um, but obviously Chris Coleman seems to be a fan of Davies in what he adds. And obviously he's also had a few, I think he's had three goal line clearances mm. at this Euros, which you know shows that he's pretty good in that aspect. I don't know if big Sam Collins <laughs> would, would be able to or, um, have been in those positions. Uh, King, Andy King might come in for Ramsey, who he's a decent player. Um, but obviously not Ramsey's caliber, maybe uh, Johnny Williams. Uh, but but that'll be that'll be the main concern, I think. I think Collins for Davies will be all right, but Ramsey will be a huge loss. And um, but even with that, I imagine they'll stick to three five two, which suits Bale, Joe Allen, Ashley Williams. There are other key players, and that's that's a concern because I think with a three five two, Wales are pretty comfortable with a allowing teams to go wide, and Portugal are really narrow sides, so there's the potential for this match to be a bit of a dour affair. Um, Bale, obviously, their big goal threat, and his pace will be a concern against um, not the quickest centre-back pairing, but Danilo, he, since he's coming in for William Cavallo, who, like I said, will be suspended, he may be asked to go man for man with Bale. Uh, he's not obviously not as fast, but it, that could be a tactic employed uh, here because Bale sometimes he he doesn't always stand with the last defender, which means Danilo might be able to pick him up a little bit better. Um but we saw in Belgium they have they scored three goals without Bale, Robson Canu, um with a, a lovely turn and he's obviously a physical presence. Um Ponte will have to be and Pepe will have to be strong against that. Vogue, Sam Vogue's a talented player, someone I actually expect to go really well in the Premier League this year. He he got a nice headed goal. Ashley Williams, he got a goal. To, to be fair, Belgium were pretty poor defending that corner. Um but Portugal going into this game, I think since Cavallo is not playing, I think Matinho needs to come back in for Silva, which will make up for the loss of Wern Cavallo's passing game. Uh, Guerrero, if he's fit, he'll probably come in left back. Um, I'd love to see Portugal Portugal go back to four three three, but that won't be happening as four four two is Fernando Santos's baby and. Because of that, it'll probably be a bit of a hard grind, me feels. All right, and if I had to press you for a result? Um, well, like I said, probably a dour affair. Uh, Portugal, 1-0, our centre-back pairing. Other than Germany, I would say maybe the best in the tournament. Uh, 1-0, Nani with a, with a goal. Fair enough. You heard it here first, folks. All right, why don't you tell the folks that they can reach you? Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Dylan Eloy Arvella, and I also host the Box to Box podcast, which you can find on iTunes and on Twitter at TBTB Podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yep, pleasure having you back, and best of luck in the next round. 
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.